Hello and welcome to Innovate to Accelerate, the podcast series giving IT and business leaders inspiration for how to survive and thrive while solving key operational challenges. This series is brought to you by CIO in partnership with ServiceNow. In this series, we're tackling how organizations can become more agile and accelerate change through innovation. And for this, we're speaking to those who are leading the way, executing digital transformation strategies, using digital workflows to automate legacy systems and processes to drive down costs and ultimately ensure business resilience. In this first episode, I'm joined by Derek Mitchelson, who is Director of Digital and Security at NHS National Services Scotland. Well, Derek, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So today we're going to be discussing how NHS Scotland has been simplifying workflows, improving the employee experience, and perhaps critically, more effectively delivering vital services such as track and trace technology during COVID-19. Through this, we'll also learn a bit more about NHS Scotland's partnership with ServiceNow. So, yeah, Derek, great to have you here today. Um, Bit of an intro there into yourself, but perhaps for the audience, can you first explain a bit about NHS Scotland, uh, what the organisation does, um, and ultimately your role within the group? Yes, of course. Thanks, Doug. So first of all, of course, health has uh, devolved to the Scottish Government. So, uh, you know, I represent uh, one of several what's called health bodies up in Scotland. Uh, territorial bodies do the frontline healthcare and I work at uh, a national a national uh, health board whereby uh, I provide national services of which I'm the director of digital. So a lot of these are the big national services that sit and power uh, what happens uh, clinically in Scotland and the clinical systems and the clinical services that uh, go off. There's about 22 health boards now in Scotland and uh, as I say, some of them are national bodies, some of them are territorial bodies. Fantastic. Thanks, Derek. And obviously, um, we're going to come on to some in more detail, uh, your role within the group in, in the next few questions. Um, but I mean, ultimately, what's your immediate priorities been over the last kind of nine, nine months or so in response to this pandemic? Because obviously, it's been a huge impact for many organisations, but, but, um, but most of all, of course, you know, healthcare providers like yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's fair to say as we sit here uh, later in the year getting into autumn, it's, uh, you know, the delivery that we're doing and the response we're doing is not where we thought we would be at the start of the year when we had our uh, strategic plans that we were delivering across and improvement plans and transformation plans. So, uh, you know, from March onwards, it's really all about being COVID response, how we're actually trying to uh, make Scotland safe, how we're trying to get the the country back in a working state. And in particular, a lot of the work I've been doing is around the data, the metrics, the testing for COVID so that we can understand where the clusters are, where the hotspots are, how we can get Scotland uh, not sitting in a lockdown state and how we can get us back to some sort of form of normality. And, uh, you know, I've seen this definitely as an opportunity for me as a, a digital leader working in technologies and data. But uh, of course, it's a, it's a pandemic and it's, it's had yeah. a huge impact on Scotland, just like it has everywhere else in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, those key strategic and uh, transformational initiatives must have been uh, undergo a huge overhaul, really. Um, I mean, out of interest, how, how did those kind of plans, as those plans changed, how did that impact um, your kind of choices around IT infrastructure and the applications you're using and how the organisation operates uh, as a result of that crisis? Because it must have been fairly transformational in its own right, really. Well, yes, it has been. I mean, it's, it's fair to say we've responded to COVID along with uh, how, what our strategy was anyway. 
we had very much a strategy of taking much more software as service, taking much more default uh, public cloud services as well, moving away from traditional data center type services, putting a lot more automation, alerting and monitoring and we, we always had a strategy in NSS of doing a lot more with data, being very much a, a data-driven organisation. What the COVID stuff has done is it's accelerated a lot of that work, actually. It's accelerated the work we've done around, uh, with ServiceNow around uh, some of the COVID work and some of the uh, some of the testing work that sits alongside that. And it's certainly accelerated work we've had on our, our digital platform where we manage all our business intelligence and predictive analytics that uh, that we'd set up and uh, we've, we've had to go and uh, do quite a lot of improvements very quickly in order to actually manage the COVID response. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's quite interesting from this, from that, Derek, I guess, is that it seems that you've almost needed a, a greater degree of flexibility and, and scalability in, in your technology choices in the recent months. Is, is that a fair assessment of what you've been looking for as, you know, as, we, as we kind of live through this uncertainty how that's impacting your plans and, and strategies within inside the, the body. Yes, it has. That's it, it's absolutely correct. Flexibility uh, and a degree of certainty is critical with this this pandemic time. And, uh, you know, we very much built upon a lot of the technologies that we, we know and we're working with. But uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's, it's about being able to escalate probably the delivery, the scale and the improvements of, of these platforms uh, and certainly a much, much quicker pace than we'd started out at the at the start of the year. But uh, this is this is where we find ourselves and doing it in such a way whereby we're perhaps having to take a bit more risk as well. I think, you know, being in the NHS, we always uh, we, we always look after patient safety and uh, we probably go at a slightly slower rate. We've we've definitely had to take some calculated risks with the choices that we've done. But uh, so far up in Scotland, anyway, these things have certainly worked out for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of talking of some of the transformation uh, where you, you kind of reference that right at the start, I think the one of the ones that obviously stands out is um, the, the kind of contact tracing app that I mentioned right at the intro there. Um, obviously, you know, there's been huge challenges on that worldwide, uh, not least in United Kingdom. But what were the kind of opportunities and challenges around launching that, especially in that such a short time frame as well? And Presumably, you've got limited you know, resources at your disposal as well, given what's going on. So how did you kind of wrap your head around that and uh, and come up with a plan for, for doing that? Yeah, it wasn't an easy thing to do, to be honest. We were we were asked by the Scottish government to, to react very quickly around setting up a, a national contact tracing system in Scotland or a national contact tracing service in Scotland is what we were asked to do. And quite clearly to do that, uh, we had a few different options we could go with. We could go and uh, do similar to what they did down in England and we could work with a partner and potentially use a partner-provided system or outsource part of that. Or we could uh, back ourselves up in Scotland to use technology we were familiar with in order to actually do things at scale. And that was very much what the business case we did to Scottish Government was, which is, you know, you need to invest in the teams we've got here and the capability up in Scotland. And we'll use the best of breed technology we've got anyway, such as the data science platform we've already built, all the integrations and the pipes we've got in place and uh, ServiceNow, which we used for a lot of our workflow and our business systems back ends and said that we're pretty confident that we can build a case management system for contact tracers within within a four week period is what we set ourselves the challenge of doing. And uh, we actually did it slightly quicker than that. We, we took a bit longer to do the service design, which I think was the right thing to do. And then very, very rapidly over about two and a half, three weeks, we were able to actually come up with uh, come up with an MVP, which we've been improving ever since. We're, I think we're now in sprint five 
of the contact tracing system and uh, we expect these sprints will go up to the end of September by which point we think we'll have uh, delivered a very very robust solution for Scotland. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly quick actually the, the three to four week time frame and actually it echoes other CIOs that we've spoken to recently that um, it's all about showing value quicker uh, I guess in, in a crisis as quick as possible so that four weeks of that case management is a uh, yeah, a great success. I mean, you've already met, you've already kind of mentioned the ServiceNow partnership, but um, maybe just touch a bit upon about how this is not a new partnership, right? You've been working with ServiceNow for I think three years. Um, what initially kind of pushed you in that direction in the first place? Because it sounds like it's a relationship that's built up over time, and you've done new things over the course of the months and years. Yeah, prob- probably like a lot of organisations, a lot of CIOs, we we looked at ServiceNow uh, for their ITSM capability to try and improve how we were actually managing uh, service desk calls, managing our configuration management databases, managing the SLAs uh, that uh, that we need to do for running national services. What we very quickly found is that uh, we could scale out what we're doing with ServiceNow into other areas of the business. So we we built uh, an HR portal for managing HR requests and we built a finance portal for managing finance requests. So it seemed to me a fairly, uh, fairly obvious move when we're we're looking to what to use for some of the COVID work to to use ServiceNow there as well. Like ServiceNow because it's it's highly configurable and uh, we've we've got a very good ServiceNow team up in the NHS in Scotland for actually doing that configuration but uh, a lot of the workflows are taken care of for you so we need to, uh, we can concentrate on doing the bits that add value, the business process pieces and uh, let the tool at the back uh, do what it's good at doing. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, it sounds like, um, I mean, I, I guess a follow on from that, initially I was going to ask what the kind of now platform in particular has enabled you to do that you otherwise couldn't have done. And it does sound like it's enabled your teams to focus on the right priorities. But but what's your view on that given COVID? Because it sounds like, you know, some of the stuff perhaps you've done now uh, with a partnership with ServiceNow, you wouldn't have simply been able to do um, on, on your own, if that's right. Correct. We, we, for COVID in particular, we would have had to have teamed up with partners and looked to actually buy their solutions. And we actually had conversations with partners that have been doing work in, uh, for example, across in Europe, mainland Europe, around what they were delivering. And, uh, you know, but service now, just given what we'd invested already and what we'd learned from using service now, it was the obvious tool to use. And for me, it was the best way of actually delivering something at the least risk given we knew the platform, given that we knew the ServiceNow team we were working with and uh, the support we got from them. And I thought it was much less risky than going and uh, putting anything else in place, you know, having to manage something else. The other thing was I'd say as well, Doug, is that, uh, you know, given it's an existing platform, I was keen to make sure that we didn't just build something quickly for COVID response, but actually mm-hmm. built something where we had a legacy. And that's what we think we've built with ServiceNow. We should be able to use it for other break, other 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 pandemics. If we've got another pandemic or outbreaks, any any sort of public health outbreak as well, we think we can probably put into into there. You know, a Legionnaire's disease or or anything else mm-hmm. that might uh, that might be happening. So uh, yeah. I think that's what we've actually created in Scotland. Interesting. So, so it's almost a kind of a there's a business continuity and disaster recovery element to that as well. I guess in in future planning and disaster planning, I guess it enables you to do those things as well as the. The other benefits, it seems, around agility and, and, and really focusing staff in the right areas. I think so as well. You know, Keen, you know, it's web-based, so we don't need to roll out clients. We've got a dispersed workforce at the moment, so we've 
when we've been looking to use contact tracers, either NHS contact tracers or external contact tracers, we they just need to have a, you know, a Chrome browser or a, an Edge Internet Explorer type browser and they can actually use that software. And also it gives us ability to scale up, scale down. Hopefully when we come to the end of the, the contact tracing and pandemic, you know, we, we're able to actually scale these things down. If we're doing this on a traditional infrastructure, then uh, we'd continue to have to pay for the infrastructure to be sitting there. We would, we'd like to get to a point where uh, we, where we don't have thousands of ServiceNow licenses using this and we're able to actually scale down in times when times are good and uh, if we get back to pandemic or having to respond, we can scale up licenses and scale up the service now again. And I think that appeals to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that scalability is really interesting, isn't it? I think given, again, you know, speaking to other CIOs that uh, certainly the, the first few months after the pandemic, it was a big focus on on cost cutting, on IT rationalisation. I and mean, I guess that, that model of that consumption model much more plays into that, the ability to, as you say, scale up resources as you need them. But over time to, to pull them back if, if they're no longer required. Yeah, that's correct. In the NHS, probably we didn't have that same pressure for cost savings. Uh, it's fair to say very much we were we were trying to continue to run a service. And then, of course, it was all about uh, COVID response at the same time as we ran the same service. So uh, we didn't stop running a lot of services. We did stop, obviously, some of the screening services, etc., that we provide. But uh, we still continue to run uh, a degree of services and then at the same time add this uh, functionality and service on top of that so uh, that's very much that what that was about so i think we've i think we'll still have to have a look at our cost cutting exercises uh, post pandemic when uh, we suddenly find all the budgets get squeezed as we try and uh, work out how we're paying for what we've all spent <laughs> yeah makes a lot of sense um i mean i guess we come towards the end Derek. but where, where next for you in your role um and the organization as a whole kind of what are you kind of building towards? It sounds like from your previous comments a minute ago that it's, as I say, it's not just a COVID response, but it's looking beyond that, uh, not only from a risk management perspective, but looking at, uh, you know, you mentioned the data capabilities, the digital delivery in terms of services. So, um, yeah, where, where are you going next and in the kind of next six to 12 months or so? I think the next six months will certainly still be managing COVID. And I think we'll be probably looking to get the respond phase into into more of that recovery phase is where I'll see ourselves going. We're still in we're still in what we call phase phase three up here in Scotland, and I think we will be there for some time. So I think that might actually take away maybe some of the immediate uh, aspirations we've got to be doing more. I think one of the big lessons we've learned up here in Scotland is that uh, we can do things much better at pace and uh, to a better quality if we actually look to do things nationally rather than to look to do things regionally or within some of the, the local, some of the uh, territorial boards or local authorities. So I would expect that the big challenge up here in Scotland is how we can start to align a lot more the services that get provided, align the systems, perhaps mm-hmm. even start to align some of the technical teams and digital teams that do things. It might be looking at uh, security operations centres for Scotland or information governance and risk centres of expertise for Scotland or even look at things like a Scotland-wide data strategy as to how we really drive forward what Scotland needs to do. We're getting a lot of data coming in from every angle at the moment in Scotland and uh, I think again one of the big lessons learned is that uh, we need to be able to actually get full value from every bit of that data as to what the data is telling us and uh, like a lot of the home nations I think everybody was caught slightly on the hop during the pandemic as to where is the data? 
How do we yeah. how do we get the data together? Who, who owns the data? What is the data? What's the data catalogs? What is the data telling us? So, uh, I think one of the big the big areas of transformation out of the pandemic definitely will be around data and information sharing information sharing across uh, across the UK. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, Derek, really appreciate your your time today. We we actually come to the end of this uh, first episode. But yeah, thank you so much for for taking part in the series. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. Fantastic. And of course, thanks to you listeners for tuning in today. And be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Innovate to Accelerate series uh, for more insight from other business leaders who are working to solve these key challenges uh, with the help of ServiceNow. But for now, for episode one, thank you and goodbye.